Welcome into the Fumbling Punter. I'm your host, Devin Keeney. We have a little bit of a new segment here. We have our new film aficionado, J.K. Sturgeon, in the house to talk a little bit of superhero movies. Uh, going to go through movies you should look forward to here in 2017. It's going to be a little bit of a branching out experience for us, but I very much look forward to it. J.K. really knows his stuff. He'll be a good addition to the Fumbling Punter crew. And uh, look for some of his write-ups on fumblingpunter.com as well. So today we're going to get started talking about the 2017 superhero film Logan. J.K., what can you tell us about Logan? So Logan is going to be the third film in the Wolverine trilogy. Uh, eventually the tenth film in the overall X-Men film franchise that 20th Century Fox is doing. Um, the first film in that trilogy was uh, in 2009, the X-Men Origins Wolverine movie, which overall was pretty unremarkable. The only two things that most people remember from that movie was it was the first appearance of Gambit, uh, Remy LeBeau's character, who was really popular amongst kids that grew up with the X-Men cartoons and the Sega Genesis game. Um, but probably the most memorable thing from that movie was that was actually our first look at a cinematic Deadpool. So Ryan Reynolds was actually playing Deadpool in that movie, but for some reason, the director and production team made the inexplicable decision to actually sew Wade Wilson's mouth shut. And that was really kind of confusing because Deadpool's dialogue and his ability to break the fourth wall was the trait that really made him super popular with fans. So why they decided they why they decided to do that, nobody has any idea. Uh, the second film in that franchise was The Wolverine, which again is a pretty unremarkable movie. Not a lot of people talk about it as being one of the greater X-Men movies. Uh, also suffer, suffers the problem that the first X-Men movie had, which is they don't have a super compelling villain. They have the Yoshida family, which are a group of samurais, which is kind of cool, but to me it doesn't feel like it fits into an X-Men movie. And they had Viper, who's kind of cool, but again, doesn't really fit into the X-Men vibe that I've always got from those movies. So directing this movie is James Mangold. Um, he has directed movies such as Copland and Identity, which if you have never seen Identity, I highly recommend renting that movie and giving it a shot. I think it's one of the more compelling psychological thrillers from the early aughts. Uh, it has John Cusack and Ray Liotta. It's based on an old Agatha Christie novel concept, uh, and then there were none. It's really kind of interesting, one of those movies that'll keep you on the edge of your seat to the very end. Um, but most notably, he was the director of The Wolverine with that extremely imaginative and original title for a Wolverine movie. Uh, but he has experience directing X-Men movies, so he's the logical choice to take this one, um, which is going to be set in the distant future, somewhere near the Mexican border. Um, all we really know about the film right now is Wolverine is taking care of Charles Xavier, Professor X. Um, the images that we've seen of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, he's very old. He's aged a lot. It looks like he's actually starting to scar up quite a bit. Um, and we know that this movie is going to introduce X-23, with which, without spoiling anything, um, I'll just say she's a mutant who's very much like Logan or Wolverine. So is this new movie based on an actual comic book, or is it new material? 
So it is actually based on the 2008 comic book run called Old Man Logan. Um, it was written by Mark Millar and drawn by Steve McNiven. Um, most comic book fans remember them for doing their run on Civil War. Uh, Mark Millar has done a lot of comic book runs that have given us source material for films. Uh, you remember Kingsman, The Secret Service, that was a Mark Millar book. Uh, Wanted was also a Mark Millar book. The Fantastic Four movie that came out last year that really didn't do very well, that was actually, the story was actually based on one of his books as well. And he did a really interesting concept comic book that I would recommend called Superman Red Sun. And in that, it's a world in which Superman did not land in Smallville, Kansas. He actually landed in the Soviet Union. So he imagines a world where Superman was not an American. He was actually a Soviet Union guy. Wow. And uh, talking about the Fantastic Four, was that the one with Kate Mara and Michael B. Jordan? Yes. Uh, it really didn't do very well at the box office. Um, the biggest complaint that I've heard from people, I personally have not watched it, um, was that the movie takes place in two locations and doesn't really give fans uh, anything to imagine or work with. Um, most people that I've talked to that have seen it just say it's a really boring movie. Yeah, I watched that one because I have a rule that I generally watch anything with Kate Mara, but uh, yeah, it was it was not the best movie I've ever seen. But those Fantastic Four movies have never traditionally done well. No, the only thing that people really remember from the original Fantastic Four movies is that we had our first look uh, at Chris Evans in the superhero world. Um, he actually played the Human Torch before eventually he went back over to Marvel Studios to play Captain America. Um, we did have Jessica Alba as the Invisible Woman, which that was cool. But other than that, you know, those movies were pretty cheesy and just not really that interesting. Um, so just like the movie, the comic book run was also set in the future. Um, it was kind of a dystopian future where Wolverine has outlived all of the other X-Men and all the other heroes in general. The villains have completely taken over the United States. And you don't really know what happened to the heroes and why Wolverine is the last man standing. Um, the only other hero that he has to pal up with is Hawkeye. And they kind of go on this almost like Mad Max Fury Road trip across the country uh, to fight villains together. So, J.K., speaking of Hawkeye, why can they never be in a movie together? Or why can we never have a movie with Wolverine and Iron Man or Wolverine and Captain America? So, that's actually a really great question. And uh, it's one that you have to really dig back into the history of Marvel and Marvel's relationship with Hollywood. If you go all the way back to 1986, we get Howard the Duck which is the first time that you get a Marvel character in its own feature film. Uh, Howard the Duck was a George Lucas-produced movie, and people give the Star Wars prequels a really hard time because of Jar Jar Binks and the excess of politics, and people just didn't think it was really that great of a movie. Uh, Phantom Menace, the first prequel movie, made a billion dollars. Howard the Duck made $36 million or $38 million on a $36 million budget. So, I mean, it was, it was a failure. And Marvel didn't really seem to be having any success breaking into Hollywood. So you fast forward to 1993, you have Stan Lee is trying to pitch his characters uh, to Hollywood to make movies based on um, Spider-Man and Captain America and all, all the characters that he was responsible for creating. But he wasn't really closing any deals. 
And so Marvel eventually goes under an ownership change. And also there in 1993, they eventually sell the film rights uh, of the X-Men franchise to 20th Century Fox. Um, You fast forward a few more years, Marvel eventually goes bankrupt, which is kind of crazy for us to think about now because Marvel is so successful and ubiquitous in pop culture. Everyone knows who Iron Man is. Everyone knows who Spider-Man is. But there was actually a point in time where people just weren't buying comic books anymore. It just wasn't really compelling to people. Um, But in a couple years, we get the first Blade movie, which is really the first successful Marvel movie, but it wasn't made by Marvel. They had sold the film rights to New Line Cinema. Um, Eventually, we get the very first X-Men movie in the year 2000. That was Brian Singer's first X-Men movie where you have all the X-Men dressed up in black leather. For some reason, they were trying to, you know, maybe take that look from the Matrix that was really popular. That's kind of what people tend to think is the inspiration for that. But so basically, you know, in short, 20th Century Fox owns the film rights to the X-Men movies. Marvel actually doesn't own those. So that's why those universes cannot over, uh, or excuse me, they can't interact. Uh, Fox also owns the film rights to Fantastic Four. So here's where things get really interesting and you can really see how vindictive Marvel can be. Right now, with all of the comics that Marvel is putting out, there is no Fantastic Four comic book. They are not producing any new material for the Fantastic Four. And while they are making X-Men comic books right now, um, Chris Claremont went on a Nerdist interview when talking to Chris Hardwick and said that it was his impression that they're not even supposed to be creating new X-Men characters because the fear is that they're just feeding their competition because anything that falls under the term mutant, so that's what 20th Century Fox actually owns the film rights to, is the term mutant. So that's why um, they were able to make Deadpool last year as well. Deadpool was a pretty big hit. I uh, I really enjoyed the, the raunchy comic book hero, uh, or I don't know if you could call him a hero. He goes around and just kills people. It was... Uh, it was a lot of fun. I thought Ryan Reynolds did really well. You talked about him breaking down the fourth wall. I thought that was hilarious. There were so many great parts of that movie that I went to the theater expecting to see a good movie. I got a great movie. So with all the success of Deadpool last year, how do you think that that's going to affect the film Logan? Uh, well, the biggest thing that it's going to affect is that Logan's actually going to be a rated R movie. So we haven't had an X-Men movie other than Deadpool that's been rated R. Uh, Deadpool last year did have a ton of success. It was the ninth best-selling movie of 2016. It's the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. Um, It made $363 million domestic, $783 million worldwide. Um, It was one of six uh, movies in the top 13 at the box office of 2016 that had comic book source material. And so, you know, America showed up to the box office to watch Deadpool. They're wanting darker, more violent, more gritty films. Um, this one I don't think is necessarily going to be as vulgar or profane as Deadpool was, but I do think it's probably going to be more violent than what we've seen in other X-Men movies. We're probably going to see him stick his claws through somebody's forehead or something like that. Right. So, um, but I think it's going to make a lot of money, um, or at least it has the potential to make a lot of money because this is going to be... Hugh Jackman's last time as Wolverine in a movie. 
So if this is Hugh Jackman's last film as Wolverine, or do they have someone lined up to replace him, or are they expecting any to know who's going to replace him? Um, there's really nothing official yet. It, it's kind of fun to think about who might be the next Wolverine. My first thought was, um, since you know, bo- you and I are both big Game of Thrones fans, oh, yeah. I kind of thought the guy that plays Jamie Lannister, Nikolai Coster-Waldau, I thought he would have been a great pick. But then I'm actually looking at his uh, Wikipedia page and like other stuff that he's been in, and I realized he's 46 years old. And Hugh Jackman right now is 48. So if you're looking at somebody that's going to give you a lot of franchise potential and is going to put in the work and do a lot more Wolverine movies and appear in stuff that Fox has in the pipeline for the future, um, you probably don't want to hire somebody that's 46 years old. So my pick right now uh, would be 30-year-old Jai Courtney. Um, You would remember him as playing Captain Boomerang in the Suicide Squad movie, which again, you know, Suicide Squad is part of DC's new extended universe or film universe, but whether or not we're going to get another Suicide Squad movie is pretty much up in the air. It was a commercial success, but it wasn't really a critical success. So I don't know if we're going to get another Suicide Squad movie, honestly. Um, So I think he's wide open to step in and take over the role of uh, Wolverine. Who, Who would you pick? Uh, you know, I've thought about this long and hard, and first I want to say that Jamie Lannister is aging brilliantly. No uh, 46, geez. But I like Tom Hardy. You know, all the stuff he's been in, I think that he would fit in as a good Wolverine. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about Logan and some of the things that have led up to it. But looking forward, what, do you, what more comic-based movies do you think we'll see in 2017? Uh, we've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline for 2017. Uh, just going through the list here, uh, this isn't necessarily a movie. It's not something you're going to see at the box office. But March 17th, we're going to have Iron Fist, which is going to be the next installment in the Netflix Marvel Universe, where they are putting together the Defenders. So uh, Finn Jones is going to play Danny Rand, and who Danny Rand eventually becomes Iron Fist. And I'm really looking forward to that. I've really enjoyed Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. And here this summer, uh, sometime this summer, we're going to have the team-up film. So where Marvel had Iron Man and Hulk and Thor and Captain America kind of coalesce into their Avengers movie, um, Netflix is doing the same thing with their Marvel characters, and they're going to have the Defenders movie. Uh, March 31st, we'll have Ghost in the Shell, uh, just two words for you, Scarlett Johansson. Sold. <laughs> so I, I don't know much about Ghost in the Shell. I know it's a very popular Japanese media franchise. Uh, the trailer looks interesting, but uh, I don't really have a lot to offer the listeners there. Uh, the next big movie after Logan, this I think will probably, probably be our biggest selling comic book movie of 2017, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Love the first one. Yes. Uh, the first movie was fantastic. And I know the big question going into this movie is, you know, what's Vin Diesel's role going to be in this movie? Because we don't have big Groot. We now have baby Groot. And the first trailer, it looks like he's still just saying, I am Groot, but they've put him through some kind of voice synthesizer that's changing his voice. Um, we are going to have Kurt Russell in this movie. Um, he is supposed to be playing ego, the living planet, which is, uh, a very interesting uh, character in the Marvel history. 
I don't really know a lot about it, but uh, my friends at the Comic Cave, which is my local comic book store here in Springfield, tell me that this should actually be pretty interesting. Um, the one thing I did want to point out really quick is um, every May, the first weekend in May, from here until infinity, Marvel has made it clear that they are going to put a movie out that weekend. In May. In May. It's always huh. the first weekend of May. Wow. Um, they just kind of have the monopoly on that weekend. You can always expect a movie that first weekend of May to help get your summer kickstarted, and I think that's kind of cool. That um, is. It's kind of a shot across the bow to other studios as well, saying like, hey, you can release your movie in the first weekend of May, but just so you know, you're going to be going head-to-head with us. Like, that's how much clout they have in Hollywood wow. right now. Um, if we fast forward to June 2nd, we're going to have Wonder Woman. So DC Films is really going to try and right the ship with this Wonder Woman film. Um, even though Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad, they have been hated on quite a bit on the internet and amongst my own friends. You know, not a lot of people really liked those movies. Yeah. But they were commercial successes. I mean, Batman v Superman is the number seven movie of 2016, bringing in $330 million domestic and $873 million worldwide. Real quick, are they sticking with the same actress for Wonder Woman? Yes, so it will be Gal Gadot. Um, She is going to pick up the Godkiller sword and be Wonder Woman again. And I I think it's going to be really interesting. It's actually set in World War I. Uh, That was something people like, why World War I? Why not World War II or something different? Um, But judging on the trailer, you know, she seems to be fighting in a lot of trench warfare, which World War One was you know, notorious for having a lot of, and her just being kind of a bruiser. I, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, I really hope that it's not as dark and gritty necessarily as Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad was. I would like to see a little more levity, maybe take a page out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe book, you know, try to make it a little bit lighter. Um, which is really what their comic books are trying to do right now. DC completely restarted all of their comic book lines back to number one to get back to you know superheroes being heroes and doing heroic things. Man of Steel, um, I personally don't like Man of Steel because I think that they completely lost that at some point. Man of Steel is a Transformers movie where you just end the movie with an entire city being completely destroyed. There was nothing really heroic about it. I mean, Superman actually kills somebody at the end of it. Wow. And so... I really want to see Wonder Woman get back to what comic books do best, which is give us heroes and people that inspire us. And with Jeff Johns now being at the helm of the DC universe, um, he has written a lot of the, I, I would say he's written some of the best DC comic stuff ever. And I think he's the right guy to put in charge right now to help get DC back on track. Um, in July, we we're gonna have Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, so again, we have another Marvel property that Marvel does not own the film rights wow. to. So Sony actually owns the standalone uh, film rights to Spider-Man. But if you remember last year in Captain America Civil War, we did have Spider-Man finally get to cross back over. Yes. You know, they brought him back home uh, to play with Captain America and Iron Man and Ant-Man and Black Panther. Um, I, I think it's it's cool that you know, Sony really reached across the aisle and went to Marvel and said, hey, you know, we haven't really been able to do a lot with this character lately. The Amazing Spider-Man movies people really didn't like. Um, again, made a lot of money, but 
Amazing Spider-Man 2 was pretty much a flop in the eyes of the critics because yeah. it, it really just wasn't that great of a movie. I, uh, I want to hop in here on Spider-Man. And I have two people to blame for me not watching a Spider-Man movie in over 10 years. The first is Tobey Maguire because I thought that those were horrible. I, I, I just was not a fan. Compound the fact that my little brother Eli, Eli, I hope you're listening, that he owned like three movies and they were all the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. So I have not even given Spider-Man a chance since Tobey Maguire. And I know that's probably wrong, but here we go. No, I, I don't think that's wrong at all because Tobey Maguire was way too old to be Peter Parker uh, when he took over that role. Um, I, I don't buy Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker. I don't know why. It just doesn't. It just never made sense to me. He just doesn't really fit the bill. And Andrew Garfield was a decent Peter Parker, but um, again, there just there wasn't something quite right. But if you haven't seen Civil War yet, you know definitely give Civil War a chance because it's a kid playing Spider-Man again. Yeah, and I did see Civil War in theaters, and I thought that the whoever was playing Spider-Man, you would probably know better than I, uh, did a really good job, and I enjoyed Spider-Man in that movie. But as far as just the standalone films, I have not watched a Spider-Man movie in over 10 years. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom Holland played Spider-Man okay. in Captain America Civil War. And he actually, I'm pretty sure he's British, but he adopted a Brooklyn accent huh. for that role. And so Spider-Man actually sounds like he's from New York again. And yeah. so that was that was really, really cool. Um, we're going to kind of go into a lull with comic book movies until November we're going to get the third Thor movie, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Um, I don't really have a lot of information at that or at this time. There hasn't been a trailer yet. Um, there's been a few set photos, but nobody really knows a lot about it. Uh, I think they've got a lot of work to do with the Thor movies. Uh, the first Thor movie was pretty interesting. The second Thor movie just really didn't grab me. Yeah. Uh, because I felt like it was kind of a retread of the first movie. You know, Loki is again kind of your bad guy and the other villain they had, Malekith, just he's kind of a two-dimensional villain. You don't really understand why he wants to destroy the universe. It's just, here's a guy, he wants to destroy the universe. It's like, well, why do I care? Yeah. Um, and later that month, we are uh, going to leave Thor and get back to the DC universe uh, with Justice League. So Zack Snyder is going to get yet another crack at the DC universe. Um, this time, he's not just going to have... Batman and Wonder Woman. He's also going to have The Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman. And I think it has the potential to be good, but um, I've been burned with Zack Snyder movies two or three times now. Yeah. And I'm just not really sure what to expect with that. The trailer that they released with San Diego Comic-Con last year was mm -hmm. pretty funny. There was a lot of humor and levity into it. So I'm hoping that they've heard what we as the fans you know, said was the big problem with Batman v Superman. There is one joke in Batman v Superman, and it's not even a good one. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that, you know, again, take a page out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe book. You know, you don't have to be Marvel. You know, everything doesn't have to be bombastic and bright colors and, and you know, fun all the time. You know, if you want to have that darker take, I think that's fine. But there needs to be a balance, and, and that balance was largely absent. Yeah, and before we uh, get into talking about some more movies that we're looking for, forward to later this year, uh, we've referenced Suicide Squad a few times, so I just want to kind of bring this up off the cuff here. Uh, I My biggest complaints about Suicide Squad, I went and watched it. I liked it as just a general watch. I didn't, you know, 
read too much into it. I thought Will Smith was Will Smith. I I, I couldn't even buy him. One hundred percent agree. Yeah, and uh, I, I I enjoyed Jared Leto as the Joker, and then fifty percent agree. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh man. Well, you're you're gonna have to get into this here in a second, <laughs> but um, oh, her name's escaping me right now. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn. Like I did not hear of anyone. Of course, you're better connected in the comic circles than I am, but I didn't hear anyone of just the general public that didn't love Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Yeah, she she's hands down the best part of that movie. Oh, and yeah. uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head when you said Will Smith basically played Will Smith. Um, yeah. I didn't see any Floyd Lawton in Will Smith's character. I didn't think there was any nuance. Honestly, I feel like you could have relocated the character he played in uh, Bad Boys 2 and put him in Suicide Squad, and it would have been a seamless transition. It's the same guy. Oh, except he has a daughter in this one. So I I didn't think he was really that compelling. Uh, Jared Leto, his Joker really didn't do anything for me because I felt like he was more of a street gangster instead of a sociopath yeah, uh, so I can see that. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was killing people without regard and without abandon, but uh, the neon green hair, just for some reason, that yeah. just really didn't do anything for me. But I, I liked Suicide Squad in the first 40 to 45 minutes because I felt like I was watching Ocean's Eleven with villains in the beginning. It's like, hey, here's Captain Boomerang. Yeah. Here's all of his stats, and here's him getting captured by the Flash, and then you fast forward, and it's like, oh, here's Killer Croc, and here's all this stuff. And and I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, and I thought Killer Croc was cool. He was designed by Greg Nicotero, who did all of the makeup, or does the makeup and is an executive producer for The Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. So, I mean, that part was cool. Uh, David Ayer is going to be at the helm of Gotham City Sirens, which is where we are going to get Harley Quinn back. Oh. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. They're going to cast uh, Poison Ivy here pretty soon. Who do you want to see as Poison Ivy? Is Kate Mara too good? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Kate Mara would be fine. Uh, I, I'm going to throw one out here. I would like to see Emma Stone as Poison okay, Ivy. Yeah, yeah, I, I can I, see that. I think she could really pull it off. You know, she can pull off the red hair. Um, she's a great actress. I'm changing my answer. <laughs> so I really hope Jeff Johns knocks on her door and says, hey, you should come play Poison Ivy for us. Yeah, and and I, I look forward to that movie. I think it's going to be interesting because it is going to be more of a Harley-centric movie. She's the best part of Suicide Squad, so I look for that movie to be successful. Yeah. And talking about Jared Leto, I... I guess it's just he was something different. He was not a Heath Ledger Joker, which yes. of course Heath Ledger will in people of our generation's mind always be the ultimate Joker because of just how phenomenal he was in The Dark Knight. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Heath Ledger's role in The Dark Knight at the bar for what villains in all comic book movies are going to have to live up to. So, um, you know, you and I were kind of talking earlier about the X-Men movies and, you know, my concerns with uh, the Wolverine trilogy, you know, you know, going back to Logan real quick, I think the thing that I'm worried about the most with Logan is, are they going to give us a compelling villain? You know, is, are they going to give us a villain that we actually care about? I think that's what made the X-Men movies, the original trilogy so interesting is because Magneto is the perfect villain and you understand why Magneto is a villain. You may not agree with it, but you understand. I mean, here is a kid that grew up in the Warsaw ghettos during World War II, and you know he was persecuted for being, you know, a Jewish 
kid and now he's living in a world where mutants are experiencing similar persecution and there's legislation that is going uh, against them like an anti-mutant bill and he's like i'm not gonna let this happen again and so that's kind of a compelling story and heath ledger was just flat out crazy in the oh, dark night yeah. <laughs> i mean and so is logan going to give us a compelling villain i mean the guy's name is donald pierce i mean is this a villain or is this guy going to sell me really crappy insurance like i don't i don't know uh, so i hope that it's good like that's my big concern going in i loved the comic book uh, old man logan if you haven't read it and you're interested in getting into comics i highly recommend picking it up again you know i'm gonna plug my favorite comic book store here in springfield the comic cave uh, go down there, tell Shaggy and Josh that JK sent you, and pick up a copy of Old Man Logan because it is fantastic. Now, JK, I don't know how I feel about uh, getting too much more into comic books. The last time I opened up a comic book, well, I saw Negan, spoiler alert, if you're, ca- if you're behind on The Walking Dead. I saw, I opened up Walking Dead comic book. First page I flipped to was Glenn getting his head bashed in by Negan. And, like, I just dropped it right there. <laughs> And, like, people were looking at me, but I was like, man, I ruined this for myself. I was so disappointed. Yeah. The, the Walking Dead comics are great. Um, I've read most of the first compendium. I haven't delved too deep into the Walking Dead comic book universe. Uh, right now, the show's kind of losing me because it is almost too bleak for me. Um, I like to have a little inspiration and hope. I feel like we get enough uh, negativity in the news and in the real world, so... Uh, I like my entertainment to be a little bit brighter, I guess yeah. you could say. But um, if you are looking to get into comic books, uh, Old Man Logan is a great one for if you're wanting something X-Men related. Uh, the Batman New 52 run is the best if you're wanting something DC related. Yeah. Th- those are great places to start. All right. JK is our film aficionado here at Fumbling Punter. Uh, you have some more movies on your radar for 2017. Oh, absolutely. So I I think 2017 has the potential to be a great year for movies. Um, So going through some movies that don't have comic books as their source material, um, next month we have Beauty and the Beast. So Disney has started this trend of taking their old uh, cartoon properties and turning them into live action films. And Beauty and the Beast is next on that list. Uh, the Jungle Book was extremely successful last year, number five at the box office. Wow. I'm going to make a prediction. I say Beauty and the Beast is in the top two movies of 2017 because um, right now our generation, the millennials, and, and to some extent the Gen Xers as well, we are driving the box office funds. Like we are the ones that are showing up and uh, we talked about nostalgia. You know, nostalgia is extremely an extremely powerful motivator when it comes to picking which movies you want to go see. Um, we all grew up with Beauty and the Beast. I think Beauty and the Beast is going to bring in a lot of money for Disney. So I'm looking for that to be probably number two. Wow. Um, staying with that nostalgia uh, component, Power Rangers coming out also yeah. here pretty soon. Uh, Devin and I grew up watching Power Rangers <laughs> routinely. Uh and I was going to bring up the Halloween that me, you, and our other friend Brady Shepard went as Power Rangers. Yes, I'm pretty sure I was the blue Power Ranger. Um, I was like the blue Power Ranger because he wore glasses. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I think Power Rangers is going to be interesting. If, is it going to be good? I don't know. But um, it might be worth a watch. 
the other movie, I'm going to say this is probably going to be a top five box office movie next year, The Fate of the Furious. So Universal is uh, putting out their eighth installment in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Furious 7 made a ton of money. Um, I would say that's probably because of the untimely death of Paul Walker. Uh, But, you know, people show up to movies to see Vin Diesel and The Rock. Everybody loves The Rock. And they want to put him in... I feel like they want to put The Rock in every single movie right now. I mean, he's actually going to be in Baywatch later this year. Um, I I don't know. You know, I I had to point out, because I do go to see the Fast and Furious movies... Stone me later if you all want to. Tar and feather me, whatever you need to do. But, I don't know. I guess it's a little bit of a nostalgic thing, just trying to keep with it. Because that first one came out, we were in high school. Maybe in high school. And so I and it was cool back then. It was like street racing, fast cars, women, you know? Yeah. It was fun. And uh, so we went from like street racing in Southern California to taking ridiculous $400,000 cars and jumping them from high-rise building to high-rise building in Dubai. So, uh, yeah, I don't really know what to expect with the future of that of those films. Yeah, uh, I'm actually, you know, with my memory, I remember weird things. The Fast and the Furious, the original movie, is the fourth DVD I ever bought. I had <laughs> Rush Hour 2, uh, the first Tomb Raider movie, uh, Vertical Limit, which was that... Uh, mountain climbing movie with chris o'donnell and scott glenn where they climbed k2 and i also got the fast and the furious i bought it at the lebanon walmart why i remember stuff like this i have no idea but um yeah they that that franchise really lost me after fast five i really liked fast five went into whatever it's called fast and furious six or whatever went into that expecting more of that dynamic with the characters and they they just lost me with the ridiculous listen ridiculousness at that point um we also have alien covenant coming out next year which that's going to be a sequel to prometheus so fans of the alien franchise uh didn't really care for prometheus it was long and confusing and didn't really have the xenomorph or alien in it at all so hopefully alien covenant's going to be interesting here's the x factor for alien covenant danny mcbride Oh man, I love Danny McBride. <laughs> Danny McBride is going to be in Alien Covenant, yeah. <laughs> and I I'm actually looking forward to that more than any other part of that movie. Oh yeah. Uh, so we were talking about Universal having the Fast and the Furious franchise. They're also uh, jumpstarting another franchise, um, or you could call it a reboot, um, The Mummy. So they're oh. redoing the uh, Universal Movie Monsters franchise. Tom Cruise is going to be in The Mummy. Uh, Russell Crowe is going oh. to be Dr. Jekyll and do the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing. So yeah. uh, the mummy is a female this time, which, hey, you know, we've seen Imhotep, the dude mummy, ad nauseum in like four movies now. I, I kind of like the shakeup. I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you put Tom Cruise in a movie. Why is Tom Cruise always running? Have you noticed that like in every trailer, like you've got Tom Cruise running away from something? He's really good at it. Well, uh, I think that they reference that in Family Guy, but I'm not going to repeat that on this show. <laughs> uh, so I, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, whether or not it's going to be successful, I think is yeah. still up in the air. Uh, the Dark Tower. So Stephen King fans look forward to The Dark Tower. I've only read the first Dark Tower book. I thought it was really good. Anthony Ogden's always trying to get me to finish out that book series. And I, and I definitely want to one day. But um, you've got Idris Elba as the gunslinger. We'll have Matthew McConaughey as the man in black. 
I think that's a dark horse to be a big movie this year. I think that people are really going to like it. And then uh, to round out this segment, uh, the big movie that's going to book in the year might end up being the number one movie at the box office for 2017. It's only disadvantages that it's going to be at the very end of 2017. Yeah. But most of the money is made in opening weekend anyways. Uh, Star Wars Jedi. Yes. This is going to be episode eight. The saga of the Skywalker family continues. Um, hopefully we get some answers to a lot of the big questions. You know, who are Rey's parents? Is she a Kenobi? Is she a Skywalker? We don't know. Um, I think the most fun fan theory to read up right now is who is General Snoke, actually. I've heard everything from he's Mace Windu all the way up to he's Darth Plagueis, or maybe he's actually the Emperor himself Hmm. uh, who has been reborn with the dark forces, or excuse me, with the dark side of the Force. Yeah, I always look forward to the Star Wars movies, and uh, as I'm sure you know, my wife is a big Star Wars fan, and I... We had this discussion here a while back. Maybe it was on our way to see the last uh, movie. You refresh me on the name. Rogue One. Rogue One. And uh, I said, they're coming out with a new movie every year. That's the plan, right? Yes. Uh, ever since Disney bought the rights? Yes. Uh, so I worry that we're going to get into that phase. I, I've enjoyed the last two films they've let out, and I'm really looking forward to The Last Jedi. But I worry that we're going to get to that point where either fans get burnt out or maybe creative loses its edge and we end up with you know the prequels yeah uh that's the big concern with a lot of fans is are we going to get star wars fan fatigue and you know having a new movie every year does seem like a lot um because this year we will have episode eight um next year we will have the han solo standalone movie that has started shooting this week and then in 20 19 i believe we will have episode 9 which has not been titled yet um i I definitely understand you know the the fan fatigue thing i that's something that i'm also personally worried about because i feel like they're giving fans enough time to breathe in between movies they might actually be cutting into their own pocketbooks because if you really think about it force awakens made a lot of movie not just because it was a star wars movie but because again you're tapping into that nostalgia factor we hadn't seen anything with the Skywalkers or with Princess Leia or with Han Solo since Return of the Jedi in 1983. And when you put out new content every single year like clockwork, you do have to worry about fatigue. I think that's what's happened with the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yeah. I mean, we get a new Fast and the Furious movie every other year. You know, we're getting kind of tired of it at this point. So, you know, but Disney's trying to cash in on that $4 billion Lucasfilm deal. Kathy Kennedy is a great producer um if you i would encourage your listeners take some time to look at all the movies that kathy kennedy has been behind any great movie from the late 80s to early 90s it's, it's got a 50 50 shot of having kathy kennedy's name attached to it so with her still at the head of lucasfilm um i i think we're gonna be okay but the fatigue thing is definitely not uh, an unrealistic fear yeah and i think that uh, fan fatigue and quality can sometimes run hand in hand as far as quality of writing, producing, creative. Uh, of course, that's just me from the general fan audience type. But uh, so, JK, before you get out of here, we're going to have to uh, get something sports related in, or I'm going to lose my sports tag <laughs> from iTunes. So, Super Bowl this weekend, pick it. 
Uh, I'm taking the Patriots with the white uniform thing, but would point out the last two white uniform teams to play in Houston lost. So this could uh, maybe open up the door for the Falcons. I want the Falcons to win, but I'm picking the Patriots. Hey, you never pick against terrific Tom. That's our uh, that's our kind of our motto on this show. Eggman went against it last week, lost money. Never pick against terrific Tom. So J.K., thanks for having us in. I think this has been a lot of fun. Hopefully, uh, our fans enjoy something new, something fresh. You know, getting away from our everyday sports dialogue. But uh, we hope to have you back here soon, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And uh, another little teaser before he goes is uh, he'll be ghostwriting periodically for us on fumblingpunter.com. So we'll definitely both be uh, posting links whenever he does that. So you'll be ha- have to be sure to check it out. Yeah, and uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at JKSturgeon13. Um, and ask me questions or anything that you have concerning uh, film, uh, comic book source material, anything like that if you're looking for recommendations. Uh, this is my favorite thing to talk about, so just let me know. All right. Thanks, JK. This has been The Punter. I'm your host, Devin Keeney.